Good morning. Hope you all are doing <clears throat> reasonably well this morning and blessed and highly favored as we all are. Uh, today we're going to go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 2, uh, verses 1 through 13 is your printed lesson. Uh, those of you who are familiar with uh, church and church <clears throat> history and just church in general will recognize Act two, Acts 2 as the introduction to us to the coming and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is a subject that um, sometimes can be controversial. I don't know why, but it is. Uh, and because it's controversial, we'll try this morning to help you so that you have more answers than questions when you leave. Uh, it can be a bit intimidating uh, when you are in a traditional, well, traditional church and people start talking about the Holy Spirit because your mind immediately goes to not who the Holy Spirit is, but how he is manifested sometimes that we consider things that we see in worship as the Holy Spirit at work, when sometimes it's not the Holy Spirit at work necessarily. So we equate things like what we see, ecstatic utterances and that kind of thing, as if it's the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is so much more than just worship, but it will influence how you worship. All right? But I will say this before we start, before we pray. You don't get to grade the Holy Spirit in anybody. Amen. So you don't get to grade me on whether I am filled, infilled, or, or being influenced by the Holy Spirit based on what you see me do outwardly. All right? So tell your neighbor, stop grading me. Okay? Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Let's pray, and then let's try to see if we can, can um, uh, as they say, eat this elephant one bite at a time. <clears throat> Spirit of the living God, help us to pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your peace and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for getting us through yet another week. We weren't promised that we'd see this week when we left here last week celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, oh my God, for getting up out of that tomb. Thank you, Jesus for sacrificing your life that we might have the right to the tree of life. Thank you, Jesus, for condescending down to where dirty man lived to redeem man back to God. Thank you, Jesus, for your death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you that because of that, we have been reconciled to God through you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for getting up that great first day morning. We love you. We thank you because you got up. We can get up every day. We can get up in our spirits. We can get up in our minds because you got up. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't disappoint us. Thank you, Lord, that we have a risen Savior who's in the world today. Thank you that you ever liveth to make intercession for us because you sit at the right hand of God the Father, leaning over, praying, and telling him, what to do with and through us, through you. We don't have to go to God in our own right. We go to God in the name of Jesus the Christ. Thank you. Now, God, because you are the risen Christ, we have some physical issues. We want to pray that you would heal. We have some financial situations. We want to pray you would address. 
we have some emotional situations we want to pray you help us deal with. Please, God, intervene as only you have. Roll up your big sleeves and help us where we can't help ourselves. We are arrogant, egotistical people who think we can figure things out without you. Help us to be humble enough to know we don't know anything about anything and we can't do nothing without you. Thank you. Ah, you're God all by yourself. You're not God because I say it. You're not God because the preacher says it. You're just God. You weren't elected God. You weren't selected God. You are God. Thank you. Bless now this little place called Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church here in Norcross, Georgia. Under the awesome leadership of Bishop William L. Shields. Bless us, God. And bless him. He's been preaching all week. Blessing the baby to preach to us this morning to tell us what you want us to know. We have ears to hear. Bless this little Sunday school class and all those who listen to us here and around the world that they might be blessed by your word. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, let's, let's back up a little bit before we jump, dive, and swim in Acts 2. Uh, uh, because it's important to understand how we got there. I know you've heard at least um, from your time in church about the day of Pentecost. That's the subject matter of the lesson today. But allow us to back up just a moment because I think we need to put this as always in context. So first of all, uh, Jesus dies on, uh, he's, he, 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 he's, uh, resurrected on the third day. And then Jesus does some unusual things. So he, as he taught his disciples about being resurrected, he never told them what that would look like. Right? He told them, I'm going to get up, but he never said, what's going to happen after that? Because that, that's a shock to your system anyway. That he said, I'm going to get up. I'm going to live again. But he didn't say, how? You're going to rejoin us? You're going to be reanimated? How, what's, what's going to happen? Because nobody had ever experienced anybody dying, getting up again, and continuing to live because everybody who had done it before died, like Lazarus. So Jesus gets up, and he begins to do some unusual things. He um, uh, first shows himself alive to Mary Magdalene. This is very important. Uh, Mary Magdalene was a woman out of whom Jesus cast seven demons. Y'all yes. like to focus on the one demon she was dealing with, but she had six others. Yes. It's amazing to me, and it shouts me, that Jesus would manifest himself alive first to somebody who'd been brought out of sin. Not to an apostle, not to a disciple, not to a priest, not to a minister, not to a rich person. Not to a king, not to a potentate, a poor woman whose only claim to cling to life was that Jesus cast the demons out of her. Y'all, people come to Christ in all kinds of ways. Don't discourage them because they're dealing with stuff. That's who he wants. Then, Jesus, the risen Christ, and it's, it's just a, I just like Jesus because he's unusual. He doesn't do things like I would do it. He, he sees these two men walking out of Jerusalem, 
They got to walk about seven miles to Emmaus. And he just shows up and starts walking with them. Start talk, then they introduce himself. Then say who he is. Just start talking. And uh, he said, what y'all, what y'all, why y'all sad? They said, man, have you, are you crazy? You don't know what happened. They killed the Lord Jesus in Jerusalem. And we said, because he said, but I thought he told y'all he was going to get up. And they said, yeah. And the more they talked, then he began to reveal himself to them. And that's where you get us saying, didn't our hearts burn within? As we talked to this man along the way. And Jesus reveals himself from the first to the last and tells them, go ahead of me now in the Galilee. I'll meet you over there. Next, he appears without using the door in the middle of the disciples who were still around, those 11. Minus one, Thomas, who was asleep or gone or went back to fish. Thomas says, we wasn't there. Because Thomas was thinking the same thing Peter was thinking. We were wasting time. Right? Shows up without using the door, without using the window. He just appears. They're shocked because you got to remember these people are suffering from PTSD. They lost Jesus. It just wasn't a normal funeral they went to. Right? And this is some days later. And I don't know anybody who gets over the death of somebody close to them in 40 or 50 days. And that's what they were being required to do. So they, they're suffering from, suffering from PTSD. Jesus shows up in bodily form. They don't know about him appearing to Mary other than what she told them on the road to a mess. They got to absorb all of that, and then he's gone. He said, I'll be back, but then he's gone. Then he comes back when Thomas is there. Don't you like how Jesus gives us a second chance? Because you know if that had been you and, 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 and you know you wouldn't have, you know you wouldn't have come back. And, and Thomas joins the group, and when he joins the group, they say you missed it. Jesus was here, and Thomas is saying, "You rascals want me to believe y'all saw Jesus? You Peter, really? You want me to take your word, right? All of y'all who ran like I did." When he was going to the cross, uh-huh. what y'all are trying to do is try to make me think y'all know something I don't know. He said, I don't believe it. Thomas said, I'm going to tell you something else. This is how much I don't trust the word of you guys. Unless I put my finger in his hands and my hand in the wound in his side, I still won't believe it's Jesus even if he shows up. He puts Jesus to the test. And watch how Jesus does now, because Jesus doesn't get angry. He just kind of gets even. Jesus shows up and said, I heard what you said. Oh, man. Come do it. Now, y'all got to understand, if I'm Thomas, I'm like, I'll just, no, I'm good. I'd have have to do it. But he allowed him to do it. I'm saying this to you all because you got to understand how the Lord gives us chances. Stop beating yourself up when you aren't quite there in faith. When you aren't quite there in what you believe in. Don't beat yourself. Don't let the devil beat you down. God will still give you another chance. So he did with Thomas. He next appears to 500 people alive. That must have been just out of this world mind blowing. 500. So nobody could say, well, I saw him, you didn't. So he's got all these witnesses. Amazing to me, people try to say the Lord's not risen. You could have interviewed these people. 
They said they saw him. They wouldn't have died because they went into the Colosseum and died because they said, no, he's, I, I, I know he's alive because I saw him and I'm not mentally ill. <clears throat> it was him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then <clears throat> he uh, tells the 11, uh, I'm going to meet you um, in Galilee. Go before me. Then they go, Peter goes fishing because he gets impatient. And that's where the other story where Jesus is on the shore. Peter jumps in the water because he's naked and says, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus is cooking breakfast. Then the next one, before he really, really appears, appears, he went to see his, what we call half-brother, uh, James. James doesn't tell us much about that interaction, but it must have been very emotional because James didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ because he was his brother. Just didn't believe it. Just didn't. He's his older brother. It was only after he died and got up that James believed. James probably had to get therapy. I'm just being honest with you because that had to be tough because now Jesus, to, to, it's one thing to prove it to the world, but had to prove it to his family. Then lastly, he gets with them and commissions them. And let's start there. Acts 1, after he shows up again, he says to them, Acts 1, verse 7, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in my power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. This is important. Uh, and that don't, don't get hung up on the word ghost. Um, it, it's, it's the English interpretation of a Greek word, and the Greek word um, is gema, and then, in the, the, then the Germans picked it up. And Germans, it's the word geist for spirit, which is where you get the movie that y'all scared of, <clears throat> poltergeist. That's all interrelated, all right? There, just so you know, there are no ghosts. They don't exist. People don't come back from the beyond. They just don't. We know that because we know about Lazarus and being an Abraham Bull and Jesus. Can't do it. <clears throat> There's a great gulf fixed. It can't come back. If there were ghosts, nobody would be able to have any peace who are not, don't look like us because the ghost of slaves would come back and hunt people all day, every day. So they can't be ghosts because you know they, people would never have any peace. They know ghosts. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm glad to know that. So you're just scared. You need to close your door at night and close your window. There are no ghosts. The cat is walking around the house, not a ghost. <clears throat> Jesus appears. They've been waiting. It's been 40 days. And then Jesus says, wait 10 more days. You, you, you got you to see this not for a Bible lesson, but you got to see as if you were there as a practical person. Jesus, you're showing up and leaving and showing up and leaving and we're grieving. And then you tell us, I'm going to give you some power. Okay, now wait 10 more days. Why? Because in order for the New Testament to mean anything, it has to fit as a complete puzzle piece in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, Pentecost can't come until 50 days after Passover. It just can't because it's God's rule. Do you notice that even Jesus doesn't change God's rule? Do you notice that? So you quit trying to change God's timing. Sarah, 
Amen. Sarah, Amen. quit trying to change God's timing. Let me tell you, let me say this to you, because most of y'all are more spiritual than me, but it's frustrating trying to get your clock to sync up with his. <laughs> trying to get your calendar to sync up with his. All right? Let's, 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 go, let's go a little further. All right? <clears throat> now, um, Jesus ascends, two angels appearing in white, and they say something odd. They say to the disciples, why are you standing here gazing, you men of Galilee? The same way he goes up, he's coming back. Now, there's a lot to take in. We read over this like there's no big deal. Oh, the angels. That's a lot. Can y'all imagine standing there on the pulpit and Pastor Love turns to me and says, well, I've enjoyed fellowshipping with you, brother. <laughs> and he starts to ascend through the sky, through the atmosphere, the ionosphere, the stratosphere, above the moon, above the stars. I can't. What am I supposed to do with that? Can y'all imagine how they felt? That for me would have been, you know, I'm coming to join you, Elizabeth. I mean, this is not, that's an incredible thing to see. Y'all don't read the Bible like I do. Y'all just read it like a, everything just jumps. I'm like, how do you deal with that? Here's what, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that when Jesus does miraculous things, you just have to accept it. Don't let your mind mess your spirit up. You just have to accept it. He did it. That's great. And he'll do it again. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 2. By the way, there's nothing thrown away in the Bible. It's very important. <clears throat> we know that before the Holy Spirit descends, we know that there are what? 120 people assembled in the upper room. Here it is. A chapter, uh, verse 15 of chapter 1. Uh, verse four, to go to 14 for, for a reason. These all continue with one accord in spirit and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Just want you to know Mary had to get the Holy Spirit too. So you take her off the posters and down from the church and, and quit praying to her because she had to get the Holy Spirit too. So she's not the mother of God. Tell my Catholic friends I said it. She's done. <clears throat> and in those days, verse 15, Peter stood up in the midst of disciples and said the number of, of names together were about 120. The reason there were 120 in the upper room is very simple. Under Jewish law, in order to start a synagogue, you had to have at least 120 men. It's going to blow your mind on 285 later in the week. Because God doesn't do anything. He's like grandma. Everything I put on your plate, eat it. Nothing is wasted. To have a synagogue, a church, you had to have 120. God is about to start a church. You can't start a church unless what? He has 120. And he can't violate an Old Testament principle in the New Testament or it voids it. What did Jesus say? I didn't come to destroy the law. Can to what? Fulfill it. So, 120. So, you think it's random. You just put the, they were there about 120. 
Luke is trying to get you to understand because Luke's gospel doesn't end at the end of Luke 24. Luke's gospel picks up at Acts 1. The other gospels, at least, at least Matthew and Mark, which are the synoptic gospels, if you read them at the end, they're done. There's no more, they don't even contemplate Jesus till, 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 till a millennium. But Luke picks up where they leave off. When, the, when they got together to put the Bible together, did a certain way, Luke and Acts should really be aligned. Because uh, when they put the Bible together, they, they did it sort of systematically. Uh, but, uh, for example, when you get to the epistles, epistles of Paul, they're not in chronological order based on his visits, which is why Galatians comes after um, uh, Romans. But they put Paul's epistles the way they are for one simple reason, length. When you read the epistles, they go from longest to shortest. <laughs> that's the, that's, it's not as random as it seems. That's why you can't read them in order. You have to read them and see, you have to go to Acts to figure out where the order falls. All right, let's go. All right, so here we go. And when the day of Pentecost 2-1 was fully come, uh, they, they were all with one accord in one place. They're not, they were not on one accord, but they were there with one accord. They wanted to get <clears throat> what Jesus promised. For the first time in all of their following Christ, they did what he said. This is the first time. There's always a dissenter in the other times. Peter won't act right, cuts off the man's ear. Peter denies Jesus. He tells them to go somewhere. Some go, some don't. This is the first time everybody gets together with one purpose. So what we're, what we're both learning about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will, will enter sometimes when you, have, when you have agreement. All right? The reason our class, not me, the reason our class is so good is because we all come because we love to study the word. Amen. I take no credit. It's because of you all and me, because I love to study too. That's why the class is good. When I teach it, when Susan teaches it, when, when, when Sister Warnby teaches it, when Robert teaches it, because it's we love the word. Amen. With one accord. You don't have to be on one accord. Just with. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say they were on. <clears throat> don't, quit, quit, don't, don't quote that scripture wrong. It doesn't say they were on one accord. They, you know they weren't. <laughs> but they were with one accord. Because you know there were some people in there because they were human beings trying to figure this thing out. <clears throat> it's just 50 days since he died. Right? So everybody's trying to figure this thing out. So there they were. They assembled there at least 120 men. And it, it had to be then because uh, the way the feast worked is Pentecost only comes 50 days after Passover because that's how God ordained it way, way back. Now, understand this is not the Holy Spirit introducing himself to the disciples because they, they, they'd seen the work of the Holy Spirit for three and a half years, all right? Um, and, and, and what was different here is because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't get in people. It got on, what, what they call, it was on people, but... That's really a, a misinterpretation, but that's how they saw it. That the Holy Spirit would empower people to do incredible things, right? But not in them, indwelling every day. All right. 
Now, what you, what you got to remember is the Holy Spirit was promised to us. Say promised to us. And by the way, it's a gift worth waiting for. It, it, it really is a gift worth waiting for because of what the work of the Holy Spirit is in your life. We'll get to that in a minute. And the, and, and the gift of the Holy Spirit comes as God wills. You can't manufacture the Holy Spirit. I've seen people try to manufacture the, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues. We had a pastor come through here one time uh, and try to do that. And Bishop got it behind him and said, no, 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 you can't do that. You, you can't make somebody speak in tongues. No, you, <clears throat> you can't teach tongues. No. Great, great pastor. He, he's worldwide. But Bishop said, no, no, <laughs> no, no, wrong. <clears throat> so <laughs> he's just wrong, just wrong. Okay, who you are? All right. <clears throat> so and, and you have to be careful about how you approach this because uh, when you uh, when you read that you have to tear it. He told him to go to Jerusalem to, to, and tear it for the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> the church, when I first got saved in <clears throat> interpreted terror to mean that, that that was an act, not a wait. And so we spent a lot of time at the altar, <laughs> me sharing and Vicky Warsman, calling Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because <laughs> that was the, all, all those culture people. Because they said Terry. And that turned to, so they would have a Terry service. Now, I'm not criticizing that. How have you get the Holy Spirit to come in and dwell? Get it. I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you it was not what he was saying. But it's okay, all right? Now, go to verse 2. <clears throat> and suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of <clears throat> a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. God has spoken before, been present before, and he's noisy. He was very noisy on Mount Sinai. So remember, if, you, if, if the New Testament is not reflecting the Old Testament, it's wrong. Has to be the same. So God doesn't, God can't change. First time he shows up, it's noisy. Mount Sinai. Noisy. Hear what? Noisy. In Genesis 1, noisy. God said, let there be light. And there was light. How do I know that was noisy? Because scientists call it the Big Bang Theory. It was noisy. There was no was. There was no when. There was no where. But when God said, let Boom! Everything left into existence. He's, he, he, he can be noisy. Alright? Which, which I don't mind that we're noisy. Alright? Um, <clears throat> it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Um, that must have been an amazing, an amazing thing. Uh, because this word here, this, this breath or wind uh, is in the Latin, it's, it's, it's more than just um, a puff. It is a, it's the kind of wind you hear before there's a tornado, which people who live through tornadoes tell, will tell you it sounds like a train coming down the street. I've never, thank God, had to do that, but I'm saying it's very, very noisy. It's, it's both the power of the wind itself, which you cannot see, and the force behind the wind. So the wind's not making a sound. It is the energy that's wrapped up in the wind that's coming that makes the sound, and it's very loud. So loud that people inside heard it, but the people outside heard it. Now, most likely where they are in this room is somewhere near the temple because back then people didn't have houses big enough to hold 120 people. Impossible. Um, they had no, nobody had a house that big unless it was the palace. They had very small houses. <clears throat> so they were somewhere around the temple, which is why later on in Acts, 
you see all this stuff happening around the temple and all these people when Peter preaches because they're all there near the temple at Jerusalem waiting on this great feast of the Passover, one of the feasts everybody had to attend if you were a Jewish man. All right. Now, um, uh, God moves suddenly. I want you to see that. Uh, he doesn't tell them a time, and the Bible doesn't record what time it was. Whether it was 12.01 or 1.35 in the afternoon or 6 o'clock, I don't know. But I just know he moves suddenly. He didn't tell them the exact time, just be waiting. Uh, and, and God is like that, and you need to turn your clock off when you have God. You can't put God on a timer. Uh, and, and, and by the way, please notice, the sound came, there came a sound from heaven. It's not an earth sound. The sound came from heaven. Must have been mind-blowing when that happened. Uh, and it filled the whole house. Now notice that the wind filled the house, but the sound also filled the house. That's loud. So a very loud sound. Verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. Now I don't know about y'all, but I, boy, y'all, uh-uh, come on now. No, this has never happened. Y'all more spiritual than me. I, I'm, I'm just telling y'all, <laughs> what is going on, right? You got to be prayed up sometimes to deal with God. Because he shows up in some unusual ways, and I'm just impressed that they didn't have to lock the door. People would run out. And you will notice nobody tried to get in. Sometimes when God is dealing with you, he's just dealing with you and your family. He don't want you to run. He don't want anybody else to get in. Oh, I can't preach. I can't. I'll be there. <laughs> uh, uh, the, 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 the reason that fire is used is the same reason you always see it is because of purification. So he's about to do something in them they can't do for themselves. It's a purifying experience when the Holy Spirit fully comes into your life. It's a purifying experience. It will not make you pure. He will not make you pure, but he will purify you. How do I know? Because the old people who had no education said, things I used to do, I don't do anymore. And not just because for some of us, it messed with your high blood pressure medication. <laughs> things I used to do, I make a decision not to do anymore. Right? All right. So that's what the Holy Spirit it purifies. It's a process. You're not complete the day you receive it. Because the day you receive it, the day you get saved. I can prove that, but I don't have time. But it, it's, it's, a, it's working on you all the time. It's like medicine that you take. You don't take medicine and get well the next day. It has to get in your system. You have to take it every day, right? Some of y'all who are, okay, or seasoned saints. All right. Now, I could spend the whole time on fire. I won't, but because I, I don't have that much time, I got to kind of move quickly. Verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a one-time, once, all-at-once experience. That doesn't happen. That's rare. You will never go to a service where, some, where more than one person or everybody will get it all at once. When you see people doing all this stuff and standing up and, and blowing on folk, y'all give them a tic-tac and leave. That's not how you receive the Holy Spirit. It's just not. God, it's not. Y'all quit. They just playing. They're not playing. 
but they think that's right because they've seen it done before and, and people love it because it's demonstrative and it's cute and it's, and it's something, you know, they're knocking folk down and blowing on. Okay, stop. All right? Because if you can't, I can't get it like that in the hospital. I can't get it like that at the jail. I can't get it. So I don't need to get it like that in an open forum where you're just trying to be on TV. All right? I can get the Holy Spirit by earnestly desiring it, praying, asking God to fill me. I, this is going to mess some people up. Don't tell them I said it. I don't have to go to church to get the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I don't need a preacher to get the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to run preachers out of business. I'm just telling quit lying on God. Quit saying stuff is God when you know it's not God. Stop it. Because you mess people up. And they get twisted. And and if they don't get it a certain way and then you're looking down. That one time was a one time thing. There are a number of other instances in the book of Acts where people are miraculously filled with the Holy Spirit in a setting where God is in the setting. In the book of Acts, first church early, all right? It can happen like that. It would just be very, very unusual. Um, Now, um, last part of that verse is where you get hung up, and they began to speak with other tongues in response to the filling of the Holy Spirit, but the 12 apostles, by not 12, they hired another one, began to speak with other tongues, and some of that other tongues is not a static utterances that you can't understand. It was different. Go to verse 5, please. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem devout Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven, about 15 nations. Now when it was noised about broad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. Now notice the emphasis. They heard them speak in their own language. They the people speaking did, weren't trying to do that. All right? The people speaking, I can tell you what they were saying. All right? In, in just a minute. <clears throat> the people listening, that's the miracle. The people speaking, that's also the miracle. They heard them in their own language. I like the fact that Jesus shows back up to the same crowd that said, crucify him. To show himself manifest. He doesn't run from a fight. <clears throat> now, now notice. They were filled and began to speak with their tongues. The spirit gave them utterances. Uh, when this happened. Uh, a crowd quickly gathered. Because they were attracted. Not by the speaking at first. But by the sound. The Holy Spirit. Attracts crowds. Right. So they didn't come. Because they didn't. No, they were going to talk till they got there, but it was so noisy around the temple. They heard that noise. It was so loud. Everybody came running from everywhere. I know there are a lot of people that came running because Peter baptized 3,000 that day. A lot of people. For 3,000 people to hear something, it had to be loud. Right? Right? And that's how come, just so y'all know, the reason the men... Um, uh, Pastor Love and, and Elder George and uh, Pastor Vicky, the reason we holler so loud when we preach is because we want people to come run and see the Okay. <laughs> that's, that's an excuse. But that's why we, it's loud. 3,000 people got saved 
which means there are other people there who didn't get saved, they came running. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is attractive. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn and run. It doesn't run people away. You know you're not in a church filled with the Holy Spirit if people are turned away, if they run away. What draws people is the Holy Spirit. What runs people away is flesh and men. Be careful. All right, those of you listening on the radio, be careful because it'll, it'll mess you up. Let's, let's hurry on. I only really got one or two more because the rest of it is really commentary. All right. <clears throat> um, this was noised about, verse 6. The multitude came together and were confounded because the every man heard them speak in his own language. Now notice, back up in verse 5, it says, from every nation. So these people are going to go back home. Look, look how God doesn't need satellite TV. Uh, he doesn't need radio to get the gospel out. What do you think they're going to talk about when they get back home? Y'all not going to believe this. I was sitting at the temple, man, I was paying my own business, and boom! And I went down there, and these Galileans were spoken up. Now, the reason they didn't like, couldn't believe it is because Galileans were looked down on. <clears throat> Galileans, the way they spoke uh, was a sort of a clipped. Um, the, the subject didn't always agree with the verb. Uh, you could always tell it was a Galilean. That's why when Peter spoke out by the fire, the woman said, you sound like him. Y'all been somewhere before you go to New York and they said, you from Alabama, aren't you? <laughs> That's how the Galileans sounded. And you notice, remember, that, that they, they said later on about uh, James and John, they said, we knew they were ignorant and unlearned men. They said that because of where they were from. The Galileans talked like people talk uh, in rap videos. And you have to have the uh, closed caption on to understand what in the devil they saying. That's how Galileans Galilee. So that's what was amazing to them, was that they heard in their own language coming from people they, they considered to be low class. I want to tell you, God can use anybody to spread the gospel. Amen. Amen. Don't wait to get your DDS Amen. to spread the gospel. You can do it. All right, what's that? What's that? Now, uh, 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 verse 7, they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, all these Galileans, these stupid people, speaking in Ireland, because they're Greek, they thought that was a awesome language. Greek, you can't speak Greek. Aramaic. The upper class Jews spoke Aramaic. Jesus spoke Aramaic. He didn't speak like a Galilean. That's why they never questioned his language. They always say, he's really smart. All these people heard this and they said, verse 8, and now how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? How? Because God don't have to consult you when he's at work. Because you're just a man. God is God. And he can do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, through whomever he chooses to do it. I'm just telling y'all, God can do whatever he wants to do in your life, no matter what your background is. You were born on the other side of the track. I don't care if, 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 if Daddy Whiplash tried to, tried to rope you to the track. It doesn't matter. God can use you if you let it. You got to be willing. got to be in the upper room. 
And now we hear every man our own tongue, wherein we were born. And I like this notion of the ass. Um, um, and 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 they 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 they, they ask sort of, um, what does this mean? What 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 does this mean? Look at verse twelve. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, "What does this mean?" People of God, when you are trying to witness to people, what you want to bring them to is to ask you, "What does that mean?" You got to have a explanation for what it means. Don't say, well, because I go to Hopewell. They don't care. Because uh, I'm a Baptist. They don't care. I'm a Methodist. They don't care. It's about Jesus. I do like I do. I act like I do. I am who I am because I met the man Jesus. When they got through all the analysis, when they got through all the dissertations, Everything pointed back to Jesus. We can do this because he did that. This doesn't happen unless he gets up on the third day. You see the relationship. They're all amazed. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Well, there are always going to be those who no matter what you do, how you do it, they're going to say it's not real. But the proof is not in what you do. The proof is in ministry. Anybody can claim to be a church. Anybody can claim to be a minister. Anybody can claim to be a Christian. But the, a tree is known by the fruit it bears. And fruit bearing is what's important. Don't get so caught up in the engaging act of the Holy Spirit. Don't get so caught up in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, tongues, or gifts of the prophets. But what you ought to want to do is, I want to get the Holy Spirit because I want more of God. That's my reason for wanting to get the Holy Spirit. Say amen if you can. Amen. See you next week.